The good news is that you don't need to sit down and read the Bible from cover to cover in one massive chunk. All you need to do is read it one bit at a time. G'day everyone, my name is Mark Schroeder and welcome to Schroeder's Bible Bits. I'm a college chaplain and my job is to teach children and youth the wonderful truths that are found in God's Word, the Bible. I speak at chapels, at youth services, at church services, I teach at kids clubs and lunchtime Bible groups. Uh, At all of these places, I always teach from the Bible because I'm convinced that from the Bible, we get to learn about God and how He has loved us and how He has saved us through Jesus. Tune in and continue to learn about Jesus for yourself, not in one chunk, but bit by bit. Uh, G'day everyone, welcome to another chapel. Uh, Well, here we are, we're in term four. Uh, We've done a whole term of online learning and online chapel and there's a few more weeks where we'll be online like this uh, for chapel before hopefully, before the end of the year, hopefully we might be able to get back together um, and and get back together for normal chapel. Um, Well, today we're continuing through in our series on the book of Revelation. Um, Hopefully you remember that we've been just taking our way through just poking away along, looking at the different images that pop up in the book of Revelation and seeing how they remind us about Jesus who's victorious. Now, we've seen all kinds of amazing imagery come up along the way that's reminded us about Jesus who's victorious and about the confidence that we can have and the hope that we can have when we put our hope in Him. Um, well, today we're going to continue on in this study of Revelation. And we're going to be looking at uh, a chapter later on in the book, uh, about chapter 19. Um, So so let's start thinking about it together uh, by thinking about something that I actually think is probably quite familiar to us all. Uh, I wonder if you remember, uh, maybe when you were younger, or maybe even just most recently, maybe you've had this experience, when you need to choose a team to be a part of before you take part in a competition. Uh, And so the teacher or the coach or somebody around you says, right, guys, we need you to get into two teams, equal teams. Uh, You're going to play a game against each other Uh, and go. And you sort of look around each other and and you're you're thinking, I want to choose the best team that I can. I want to be part of the strongest team, the team which has got the sporting prowess because I don't want to lose. We don't like losing. We like winning, right? And so we choose the team which has got maybe the sportiest kid. Maybe we choose a team that's got a good mix of athletic ability. Not just one kid that's really good, but you sort of look at the team and you go, wow, there's there's lots of people here that we can align with and we can combine our forces and we can play really, really well. Because like I said, we choose teams that we want to be a part of so that we can win. And so we choose those sorts of winning teams on the sporting team for real, um, sporting field for real. But but then even as we watch TV and as we take part in, in watching sport on telly, we, we choose teams in the hope that they would be victorious. Here is the MacArthur Bulls jersey, a brand new team in the uh, soccer A-League, the football A-League uh, for Australia. Uh, and, and this is our brand new MacArthur team. And I chose this team when it came out thinking, gee, I hope they win. I want to be part of a winning club, a winning team. And so it's the same also with AFL. I chose, I chose to follow the Mighty Giants. Um, and back when I was a kid, 
Um, this is my jersey from when I was a kid. Following the rugby league, I would follow the Bulldogs. I can hear some of you from here booing me and going, oh, the Bulldogs, they're not very good. And they, I don't think they were very good this year. I haven't really closely followed. But, but I chose this club and I chose this team hoping that they would be the strongest team and the best team and that they would win. Um, and of course, all being everyone here from New South Wales, I know there's some of you out there that don't follow New South Wales, but the Mighty Blues. How good is it now that the New South Wales State of Origin team has started to win? They were losing for such a long time. But now, in State of Origin, we started to become victorious. But of course, finally, when it comes to pride, and particularly national pride in Australia, one thing that we like as Aussies is we like our cricket. And so here is the cricket jersey for the Australian team. There it is, the Australian cricket team. Uh, and so we choose these teams to be a part of, we choose these teams to follow so that we would win, so that we would be victorious. And so if we can, we choose the strong team, not the weak team. We choose the strong leaders, not the weak leaders. And in fact, there's a TV show on Netflix at the moment, maybe you've watched it, I mean, it's pretty violent, but it's called The Squid Games. Uh, and if you've watched that, then you know that that show is all about people banding together for strength so that they might overcome and they might win in the end and they might be victorious. There's all kinds of things that we can attribute success to as we choose teams to belong to. But at the end of the day, we choose teams or individuals to align with so that we might come out on top, so that we might become victorious. Now, it's with this in mind that I actually want to say that all those things are true. And so in many cases, I am not surprised as a Christian, I'm not surprised even as the chaplain at your school to see that sometimes, a lot of the times even, people do not choose to align themselves with Jesus. People choose not to align themselves with Jesus because I think they've got the wrong image of what Jesus is actually like. They don't think Jesus is a strong character. They don't think Jesus is a mighty character. They don't think Jesus has got what it takes to win. In fact, maybe they think that Jesus looks a little bit like this. Or again, maybe like this. A beautiful Jesus with clear eyes and a lovely haircut. And maybe even a Jesus that likes to sit and cuddle lambs. That's the kind of Jesus that often people attribute in their mind. That's the sort of picture that they have in their mind. That's not a mighty Jesus. That's not a Jesus that you want to team up with. That's not a Jesus that in many cases helps us to be confident and to give us hope and to inspire us onwards to victory. But actually, some of those images that we saw there of that sort of Jesus... I don't think that they're very accurate. Instead, we ought to have a very different picture of what Jesus is like. You see, Jesus is not some soft, cuddly, cutesy little Jesus that likes to cuddle sheep. <laughs> Jesus is someone who is much more powerful. He is the king who we should follow because as we follow him and we align ourselves with him, we can be confident of victory. And that's what we're going to look at right now. We're going to see this uh, in the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 19. Um, 
and in at verse 11. And this is a picture that John gets. He sees heaven standing open. And this is what he says. He says, I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. You see this rider, the one who's sitting on this great big white horse, looking confident and brave and mighty, this is Jesus. John gets a picture of victorious and mighty Jesus, the rider who is called Faithful and True. Let's hear the description about this Jesus. It says, with justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress on the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Wow, what a picture that we've got here of Jesus. This is no cutesy, cuddly Jesus. This is no bobblehead Jesus, right? This is a mighty warrior Jesus. And in fact, this is a Jesus who has a tattoo on his thigh. This Jesus is inked up. This is an inked up, mighty, horse-riding warrior Jesus. And the, the tattoo that's written on his thigh says, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What a mighty picture we have here of Jesus. This is the sort of Jesus that you want to align with. This is the mighty king who is over all kings, who is super mighty, super strong, and who is capable of great war, it says. He even has an army that follows him on their own white horses. What a picture that we have of Jesus here. So different than often the pictures that we see presented about Jesus in the media or the pictures of Jesus that we might see posted up even on the side of inside church buildings, on statues, those sorts of things. This Jesus is mighty and strong. He is an all-conquering, ruling king. But it's important to notice that as this Jesus that we see here in chapter 19 comes out, we also see that someone else comes out. The passage continues in verse 17. And John saw an angel standing in the sun who cried out in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair, come gather together for a great supper of God. Oh, that's nice. It seems as though there's going to be a feast for the birds, but, but what are the birds going to eat? Well, it tells us here in verse 18. Come and gather for the supper of God so that you may eat the flesh of the kings and the generals and the mighty horses and their riders and the flesh of all the people, free and slave, great and small. Wow, this is, this is gruesome, right? This is gruesome. Who knew that this sort of stuff was in the Bible? Far out. Could you imagine if this was a movie? This would be rated like pretty, pretty high up there. This is a violent moment where Jesus is coming out against other kings and other nations and rulers and great big powers of the world who think that they can go toe to toe with Jesus, who think that they're going to be able to overthrow this king. 
There's all kinds of kings and nations of the past that are just like that. And today we see even that very thing today. I'm convinced of it. People that think that they can go toe to toe with Jesus and that they are worthy of us to follow them. No way. Jesus is the mighty King of Kings and the mighty Lord of Lords. Jesus is the one that we ought to have our hope in. Jesus is the one who we should be confident is going to gain victory and overcome the enemy so that the birds might come and feast upon their dying carcasses. It's brutal, right? But it ought to give us confidence in Jesus as one who is mighty to overcome and to overcome great evil and trouble and the evilest of all evils, the evil of sin. The passage continues. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and his army. So here's this battle. The battle is set. But the beast was captured and with it the false prophet who had performed the signs on its behalf. With these signs he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. The rest were killed with the sword coming out of the mouth of the rider of the horse and all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. Here we have it. The kings of the world take on King Jesus. Who's going to win? Well, Revelation 19 tells us, doesn't it? Jesus wins. King Jesus is the victor. King Jesus is the mighty one on that great big horse and he comes through and he destroys the beast. And all those who are lining up behind the beast to take on King Jesus, well, they are overthrown as well. It's a brutal picture. It's a vivid image. Who would have thought that at chapel today, you'll be thinking about Jesus who conquers the evil one so that the birds can pick at their flesh. <laughs> Crikey. Well, in our world, we choose all kinds of things to give our allegiance to, to ally up with, to follow, whether it's a sporting team, whether it's a friend, whether it's a political position, whether it's a sociological idea. We align ourselves with all kinds of images and powers and authorities and rulers. And we do that in the hope that those things will overcome the bad things in this world. We align ourselves with these things so that we might get some comfort in the trouble that we face every single day. But the thing is, Jesus has already overcome all the trouble. In that passage of the Bible, it describes that Jesus is dressed in a robe that is dripping with blood. Why is Jesus wearing a robe that's dripping with blood? Well, of course, it's because Jesus has taken on death, hasn't he? He has blood on him because he has been slain. But we know that Jesus is walking around with this robe because Jesus is alive. Jesus is the king who has conquered the greatest evil of all. Jesus has conquered sin and death. Jesus is the mightiest one out there that we ought to align with the mightiest one that we ought to follow. The older that you get, you're going to be challenged to think about who or what you will follow. Which power will you line up behind and march along behind? I want to encourage you today to get in line behind Jesus, to align behind Jesus, 
because Jesus has actually already won. He's not just going to win one day in the future, but Jesus has already won today because Jesus has taken on sin. He's taken on death and he has conquered them and he has arisen again from the dead. And so the great confidence that we have as his people is that we can overcome sin and death too because of Jesus, our mighty, mighty King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Broughton, I hope today that you would put your hope in Jesus, that you would line up behind his strength and his rule, and that you would choose to live your life through him, knowing that in him you have great victory. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at MRKSchroeder or on the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voice message. I'd love you to do that and I might include it in the next podcast. Catch you later.